chaos abounds, we need to be poised to release life and hope in the current gathering darkness. In this hour, it's crucial that we learn to listen to Holy Spirit and live from heaven's reality. It's imperative that we have the right, proper, prophetic perspective, or we won't have the correct interpretation of things that are happening all around us. Meanwhile, we mustn't allow our culture or circumstance to influence our perspective of reality, rather than relying on the continual voice of the Lord. We must not lower the bar by undisciplined prophecies by cash app fleshly prophets or the loudest naysayer of modern media. The role of the prophetic in this hour is to bring clarity in troubling times and truth when rumors dominate what people believe. Its importance is based upon any understanding of the course of current events must be based on heaven's perspective and require that we see with the spiritual lens to give us a leg up on what's next. On this episode of Keep 100, we will conclude our conversation on what's next and finish with the interview from Scotland's own Emma Stark. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Keep It 100 with the Smiths. Hey, what's going on everybody? It's your boy Sean and your girl Krista. (laughs) That's right. Hey, we're so excited about this episode because this is actually part three and I don't know if we've ever done a part three of prophetic sensings and what God is saying. And as you know, there's even going to be a final conclusion of the interview with Emma Stark. But before we dive into incredible content, which I'm excited to share, I actually just want to talk, we have been in celebration mode. And it has been so fun. We had my birthday, we had Valentine's Day. So that's the cool thing about having a birthday near Valentine's. It ends up being like a week long celebration. So Sean did such an amazing job just celebrating me. We had so much fun. We had a party in Los Angeles with our best friends and it was just incredible. We just had such a blast. We learned how to salsa dance too, everybody. Keep it 100. (laughs) Hey, full disclosure, we had actually a teacher teach us how to salsa dance and we didn't do too bad. No, we didn't, but you know, I'm going to be really honest. I actually thought I'd do a little better <laughs> than I did. I did okay, but I thought I'd be a little more natural. It's more technical and difficult than what I expected, but you know what was great? We had an awesome instructor, and by the end of the night, I felt like we at least were able to do the routine, so that was super fun, and honestly, I laughed with you the whole time, so it was just a blast. We had a great Valentine's Day, too. Yes. Saw a pretty good movie and got a chance to eat at one of your favorite spots. It was so great. that was awesome, right? Oh, it was awesome. So we've just been in celebration mode, but as we dive in today's content, I, I want you all to get ready because I just feel like we're just going to be talking prophetically about what God's saying right now. And we're, we're on this theme, you guys, of what's next. But I was thinking about this phrase. By the way, in 2020, there was a popular hip-hop song uh, by SZA and Ty Dollar. It was recorded at DJ Khaled's house and written by Pharrell on the Neptune. So you can't get more hip hop than that, right? But the song was hit different. So this phrase hit or hits different, you could find it in urban dictionaries used when an experience, memory, emotional feels better or hits harder than what the standard experience would be. What I'm basically saying is we live in a day where everything hits different. Think about it. True. A day of diseases, divisions, deconstruction, depression, despair, deception, disorientation, dread, drugs, extra demons. It's like the spirit of the age. And so I was thinking about some things that have begun to hit differently. By the way, since last January, truck drivers have wreaked havoc on Canadian cities, according to newspapers. But basically,
basically, from their perspective, they're occupying parts of Ottawa and ultimately blocking the country's most vital trade route to the U.S. in protest of COVID restrictions and vaccine mandates and what they perceive to be somewhat uh, overreach of the government. And this once narrow protest, dubbed the Freedom Convoy, has really spiraled into a broader movement. And I just simply bring that to your attention in terms of what's being reported, because it's interesting it's being dubbed the Freedom Convoy and it's growing in its support all across other nations. It's just an interesting time that we live in. It really is. And I like what you're saying about it hits differently. I think we're just in different times. We're in a different era than we've ever seen. In 2018, the Lord said to me that we're going to be in a new era come 2020. Now that's a very common prophetic sentiment. And we're even seeing it in secular marketing. And it's very much kind of a bit of a catchphrase right now, a new era, a new era. But friends, we have to really understand that in a new era, there's also new shakings. And we're seeing new shakings because the shakings hit differently, because we've been in a time and an era in which we've never seen before. And Sean's talking about this truck drivers in Canada. I mean, it's literally stopping millions upon millions of dollars of trades across the nation. I mean, this is a really significant hit to the economy of Canada. And what's interesting is their prime minister, he actually made some, you know, just pretty aggressive statements and asked them to stand down and open up the roads. And not only did it not work, it actually fueled more people to come up and stand against the prime minister of Canada. And so there is really this opposing, um, there's this opposing stance that's happening between the kind of blue collar working class voice in the state, the nation of Canada against an overarching, overreaching government structure that has been incredibly controlling and Canada has been so restrictive. And so it's interesting. And what's really interesting is when you watch it, kind of the ripple effect, because we are, we're all connected, right? One nation, is, we're all connected. Everyone, yes, is within their nations, but we would be foolish to think on a global level in the midst of a global pandemic. It's the only time that we have seen in our history as a world, as a global tribe, in a sense, go through the exact same thing altogether. Never in history has this ever happened. And so we can't think that we're now all of a sudden separate when we've been so interconnected the last two years. Now we're seeing the country of Australia rise up in allegiance and alliance with the Canadian truckers. They're calling it now a freedom march. And so there is this remnant really that has risen up in nations where they have felt in overreach of the government and imposing. So it's caused a shaking. Really, we're talking about hits differently. We're talking about really seeing things that have a ripple effect in the world. And there's a shaking. There's a shaking in a new era because God is doing something, but also there's this counteractive part that the enemy's doing. We have to we have to look at things from both sides and we're talking from a prophetic point of view. We got to pay attention to the times of the nations, the seasons of the nations. And what's interesting is I'm seeing a shaking in Canada. I'm seeing a shaking in Australia. We're also seeing a shaking between Russia and Ukraine. That's right. And so there is potentially, it hasn't happened, but there's potentially an evasion that could take place at any time. The U.S. just last week, I believe, um, issued orders to any American citizens to immediately leave Ukraine. That's right. Because they were saying, hey, we're not going to rescue you. We're giving you 24 to 48 hours to get out of this country because there could potentially be an invasion. And so we're not able to protect you if you stay in the nation. So that's pretty significant that that uh, alert was raised. And you have to understand just a real quick out for the people that they don't they hear about Russia and Ukraine. They don't have a quick understanding. Let me just break this down really quick. When the Soviet Union broke up in the early 90s, Ukraine was a former Soviet Republic. You have to understand that Ukraine had the third largest atomic arsenal in the world. That's massive. That's defense, right? So 
also the United States and Russia worked with Ukraine to denuclearize the country. So in a series of diplomatic agreements, they then gave hundreds of nuclear warheads back to Russia. And they did this in exchange for security assurances that protected it from potential Russian attack. Now, here's what's interesting. Starting in 2014, we have seen Russia begin to shift in that allegiance and alliance. And they have, you know, threatened at times. And now they've, uh, you know, put thousands of people, tens of thousands of soldiers on the borders of Ukraine, Ukraine, indicating that they're potentially going to invade and attack Ukraine. And the issue of this, because everyone's asking why now, that's the question, why is Putin wanting to do this now? It's being reported that actually Putin wants to cement his legacy. He's actually interested in establishing a legacy that has generational impact. And so this is a legacy move, which I find, again, incredibly interesting, because we're talking about the freedom in Canada, the freedom in Australia. Here is a president that is willing to shake nations, break agreements all about legacy. And albeit, obviously, the wrong kind of legacy, the fact that he's beginning to think like that of this is what I want to leave the next generation. And it's in a roundabout way. It's really calling something to our intention. And speaking of hits differently, because man, those two things, man, that would that those are proof that there's a shaking going on across the globe. And we're seeing uh, not only in the U.S. in terms of national, but internationally and globally, we're seeing an inflation. In fact, they're saying right now pr uh, prices are climbing at the fastest pace on record that they're seeing in the euro area and now even hitting the United States. And it's a sign that they say that the world is experiencing a shared moment of what they call price pain. And it's trying to, some people are trying to deflect the blame away from U.S. policy. But a course of economists are pointing to the government policies as a big part of the reason that U.S. inflation is at a 40-year high, 40-year high, y'all. That's crazy. And while they agree that prices are rising a result of shutdowns and supply chain woes, they also point to the stimulus checks, the fact that money was printed, sort of speak, that we didn't have. But at the end of the day, we used to just think of inflation as something that was micro, like it just affected maybe farmers or just affected maybe people in the oil industry. But now we're not even just talking about the United States. We're talking about now things are impacting us on a global scale. And that is kind of the connecting thread through a lot of this that we're sharing right now. You know, and this is why we're asking the question of what's next. But I think what's important to really revisit is, you know, why does God speak on what's next when we're actually struggling with what's now? Ooh. We've just brought up some really key things that are shaking in the nations, shaking in the world on a global scale. And we see this instability across the board, whether it be freedom, whether it be actual finances and economy, uh, whether it be governmental structures, systems, and even safety alliances and allegiances among the nations. We're seeing shakings and we're like, God, where are you in all of this? And what are you saying? But you know, the Lord begins to speak to us about what's next, even though we might be struggling with what's now, but he does that in order to help us navigate challenges and even challenging situations. See, this is why prophecy is so important because it really does show us God has consistently and will forever have sovereignty and control and history proves it. Even when things feel unstable, even when it hits differently, even when it is unpredictable, unpredicted by the prophets, God is still in control. And as much as we value the prophetic, at the end of the day, God himself is the ultimate prophet. And so we have to understand as we tune into his voice and we get the strategy of heaven, we have nothing to fear. Why? Because at the end of the day, God is in control. Ooh, that is so good. I 
love that. You know, that question, why does God speak what's next while we're struggling with what's now? What I would add to that, Krista, is that when I think of prophetic uh, truth, I think of the fact that it strengthens faith at a time when the whole world is gripped with fear. We've been under a narrative of fear on so many different levels. It's not just because of a virus. It's because of the economy. It's because of what nations and leaders of nations are doing. And we're seeing all this unrest. We're seeing all this stuff. The question, I even read this in an article that so many people, since we began this series for that matter, they're they're asking what's next. And so there's an anxiety over what's next. But if I can prescribe one thing at this moment, and that's we need to love God's word more than we love our own. Snap, snap. Right now, there's so many different people that I think what we want to hear is we want to hear our opinions come out of other people's mouths. We want to hear our fears justified by certain pundits and authority figures. But the truth of the matter will always remain. We need to hear what God is saying. And so with that, I kind of want to share, if you remember two episodes ago, Krista shared what she felt was next. I want to spend a little time on what I felt like God was giving me to share with our listeners in terms of what is happening next. And, and I really felt like the Lord, Krista, brought me to Jonah. In Jonah 1, many of you know the story of Jonah. You either have read the Bible, Jonah, or they've now uh, got uh, movies on Jonah, or maybe VeggieTales. Come on, somebody remember Jonah on the VeggieTales. But whatever it is, we know that ultimately Jonah was a prophet. And we're speaking of what's next. He was told a part of what's next, which is totally true of the prophetic, by the way. The Bible says we know in part, we prophesy in part. So God is not going to give us the whole picture. He's just going to give us a part, but you have to play your part through obedience and surrender. So Jonah's told to go to Nineveh and to tell them 40 more days and God will overturn them. But Jonah began to kind of suspect if God is telling them 40 more days and he's warning them in advance, it's because a merciful God is going to show up. And so the book of Jonah really isn't about a big fish. It really is about the mercy of God, even on a nation like Nineveh that was barbaric and beastly. But in Jonah 1, he's told to go to Nineveh, but instead the Bible says that he took a ship and he goes to Tarshish and, and to Joppa. And so in that, it says that a storm came. And so this is what I really felt like the Lord was speaking to me. It says that a severe tempest come. And 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 it says that these uh, kind of experienced sailors, this these uh, uh, false idol-worshiping mariners were afraid. And so when I think of that word tempest, it, it really speaks of, in their instance, there was a ratcheting up of the drama. And isn't that what we've seen? I feel like the Lord brought me to this passage to remind us there's been a ratcheting up of drama. There's been this fierceness. Is There's had an, un, I'm going to make up a word here, unprecedentedness to it. And it had to be that to cause these experienced mariners to fear like they did. And it's interesting that in this passage, the pagan sailors go from a natural fear to a spiritual fear. So what, what is it that God is speaking to us through it all? Number one, if you recognize Jonah in the midst of the storm goes to sleep, he's in sleep mode and he's trying to ride out the storm. But the interesting thing is the storm and the shaking that came on the boat wasn't because of the pagan mariners. It was because there was a, a, a prophet of the Lord that was going in the wrong direction. And I feel like there's been a shaking. And, and what do I feel is next? Uh, I feel like it's still going to be some storms. I feel like we're still going to have to ride out some of these storms and ride out some shakings because God is doing something. And I think this is what the pagan mariners and seagoers had to be thinking. When is he going to wake up? I kind of feel like some of the storm is about the church waking up and waking up to our identity, waking up to our authority, waking up to God's purpose and plan of even something simple as to how he wants us to walk out Christianity and what church ought to look like. Uh, God is calling for complete surrender. 
you can't say you're going to go to Nineveh and turn around and take a fishing trip to Joppa. Like uh, any type of Christianity that will fit into your schedule is not a Christianity that's going to change the world. And and it's interesting because I think in the midst of it, one thing I find out about Jonah is that Jonah is going to sleep. And why could he sleep in the storm? I think he slept in the storm probably because it, it, it takes, here's, here's what I say, fighting against the devil is tiring, but fighting against God's will in your life is entirely depleting. Mm. And I feel like what has worn out a lot of believers is that we kind of went from fighting the devil to kind of fighting against God's will in our life. And maybe this isn't for everyone, but there could be somebody out here that, hey, you can fight against the devil and that and that's tiring. But if you're fighting against God's will in your life, uh, it, it is going to be exhausting. And so in the midst of the storm, what happened is it caused these pagan mariners to all of a sudden think I've lost control. And so now they're pushed to extremes. They're all crying out to their own God, uh, which is very interesting because I think it's a picture of there's a cultural belief in self-expression. Let everybody do their own thing. Hey Amen. Everybody's reaching in this past COVID time. People have gone back to old bondages. People are leaning on false crutches. People are seeking out comfort in the wrong zones. But at the end of the day, uh, each of these men crying out to their own gods did not stop the storm. There was only one thing that was going to stop the storm. And l- let me encourage someone with this. Storms of God are not meant to wipe us out, but to bring us home. This prophet needed to go to a place that God wanted to bring him. And, and storms remind us really of how easy it is to switch price tags, like what you value in that moment. Like when the storm came and and these uh, mariners had all these different things, materialistic uh, things that they had accumulated, they're throwing them overboard, just hoping they could keep sail, but none of that's going to stop the storm. And so finally, they all begin to crowd to their God. So now we, we've gone from just practical things of trying to streamline and take stuff out of our life to the point where now people are burning their sage, people are doing their chakras, people are trying to do all their crystals and all that, but none of it's working. And so all of a sudden, here's when God jumps in. They begin to pull straws to find out, hey man, who's God or who is responsible for the storm? And as they pull lots, it lands on Jonah. And where is Jonah? Jonah is asleep at the bottom of the boat. He's not even crying out. He's not even praying. And so here's the interesting thing. The storm is there because there's not only a prophet that is not aligned with God's purposes, because this thing is about alignment. The word of the Lord is, I'm bringing alignment. I'm trying to direct my folks towards what I am doing, what my value system and agenda is in the earth, not men's agenda, not what other people are talking about, not kind of a compromise, uh, kind of, you know, you mix, my grandma used to pull different rags together and, and make this kind of mosaic quilt. Uh, your faith in this hour cannot be a quilt that you're sewing a patch of this to a patch of that. The Bible says, old wineskin, if you sew an old wineskin to a new wineskin, when the, when the new wine is poured, would not rip it all apart. God is constructing a new wine skin that can house new wine. New wine, by the way, is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It's a new move of God, but God's not going to pour a new move in an old uh, wine skin or, or some sort of old program or old way of doing things, old rituals. God is doing a new thing. We're in a new time in a new era. And so they go to Jonah and first of all, they got to wake the dude up. Like you're in a storm and you're asleep and God's trying to bring an awakening to the church because before there can be an awakening in society, God's got to wake up his church. And he's saying, hey, get up off the couch, right? Woe to you who are at ease on ivory couches. The Bible talks about in one of the minor prophets, God's saying, get up out 
out, off the couch, uh, get back on the front lines, get ready, church, wake up. And then he's trying to get us to prayer. And, and the cool thing is I'm really seeing the church respond to that. I'm seeing a lot of churches in 21-day uh, fasting and prayer starting off the year. I'm seeing more 24-hour houses of prayer. We've talked about that in, a, in an earlier episode. But it's interesting. Jonah's response when they wake him up. This is interesting right here, Krista. Jonah says, I am in Hebrew and I fear the Lord. But <laughs> how if you know, if you right. fear the Lord, why aren't you in Nineveh in the midst of a harvest that God wants to bring? Why are you going in the opposite direction? Then why are you sleeping in the storm, right? And and I kind of feel like there's a lot of people that God is going to reintroduce to you what real awe is like. I think we've lost the awe of God. In this next move, God's going to bring awe back. He's an awe-inspiring God that through signs and wonders, through visitations and encounters, and through the holiness of the Lord, God is going to reintroduce awe. Again, remember, Jonah woke up from his nap, not crying out on God, and introduces himself to these pagan mariners who are having their own prayer meeting, albeit to false gods. And he says, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord. I'm like, no, nah, dude, you do not fear the Lord. And then Jonah ultimately got honest. He says, I am the problem. I have to take responsibility for the chaos. I created this. And so you got to throw me in the water. And I feel like it's that wake up moment. And, and so what do storms do? Because I feel like we're going to still have some more storms in 2022, but get ready, folks. I, I, I feel like there's some encouraging things. But what do storms do? Storms reveal one's true religion. Think of the picture of each man crying out to his own gods, right? Storms reveal true religion and they reveal whether or not you really have a relationship with God. And so some people didn't make it in this past storm up to this point, but I believe the grace of God is going to get them back in position, just like Jonah is going to get back in position. And I think the other thing storms do is they show you the other inability of cultural idols and cultural icons to save the day. When a God-ordained storm hits, humanistic coping mechanisms are completely ineffective. Amen. The sailors are freaking out and they turn to their man-made religion. They're different gods. They're praying to throw cargo overboard. They're trying to consult outside help, look to Jonah for help and his God. They try to blame someone. They're casting lots. But at the end of the day, Jonah says to him, throw me in the water. And then that's when we discover, amen, the storm stopped. Could it be? I'm just saying, could it be? Could it be that the whole virus thing, could it be somehow connected to the church finding her way? That somehow when the church finds her way as mysteriously as the onslaught of this virus came. And again, I'm just asking the question. I don't really have a prophetic sense on this strongly, but could it be that when the church finds their way that all of a sudden this virus is not the issue that it's been in the past, that maybe it was all about, right, the Jonah church getting back on course and getting aligned with the purposes of God. And of course, if you know the book of Jonah, it was an incredible harvest, not only at Nineveh on that boat, because when they threw Jonah over in a boat and a big fish swallowed him up, it says that each of these idolatrous pagan sailors had the fear of God. So again, they went from a natural fear to a spiritual fear because this entire event. And then Jonah, the Jonah church got back aligned. Would it, could it be that in this season and what's next is God's doing something to begin to get the church aligned with his purposes and to wake the world up to how awesome and how glorious our God really is. I really feel like this season is so key. And I, I feel like Jonah holds some of those keys for what God is saying. You know, as I was listening to you just share about Jonah, I just heard these R's coming from your revelation, which I thought were incredibly powerful. And the R's were that God's bringing us, and I felt like what you're prophesying to the church for right now is we're stepping into a realignment for those that are out of alignment. It's a time to come back into alignment. There's a rerouting. You're heading in one direction. God's turning your course to come into the divine placement in which he's intended for 
for you. Then from that realignment releases a reverence. There's a reverence for the Lord that's coming back to the church right now. There's a reverence that God is releasing once again in the bride, in the nations. And in that reverence is then becoming a revealing moment. There's a revealing of the authority, the sovereignty, and who God is, which ultimately leads the church, which is right where we're at, to repentance. And I just heard this kind of process that you were taking us through with Jonah. And I just want the, I want you to hear this as the Keep It 100 tribe. What Sean's prophesying is we're stepping into a realignment, a reverence, a revealing, and a repentance. And there is an order that God is bringing back to the church where there's been disorder. There is an out of alignment that's coming back into alignment. There's an uh, a, almost a, a disreverence. That's, I know that's not a word, but for lack of a better term, where there's almost been a mocking spirit. We're irreverence. Coming, an irreverence. Thank you. Is stepping back into a holiness, into a reverence and an awe of God once again, which is going to have a massive repentance, which will lead to a harvest that we've been prophesying. And that leads to the last R, revival. Ooh, yes. You know, and everything that we're believing for, praying for, contending for is revival. And so what I love about what you're prophesying is so strategic. I mean, I felt like you were literally giving us strategy on what God's doing, but also to show us how to partner with it. That's so true. And now, Krista, let me ask you. I know last time when we were sharing on what's next, you shared part of it and you said, hey, I'm going to save some for a next episode. So what are some of the things you feel like God is sharing with you and, and revealing to you about what's next? Well, what's really cool is as you were sharing, it so ties into something that I was feeling like God was saying, and that is unlikely alliances, which is really connected to the realignment. We're talking about alliances that don't seem likely in the natural to the natural eye. We would not look at ministries or these ministers or these churches that seem so different from the outside. But actually God has, I feel like in this last season, produced within the bride at large a desire to partner with what is different than them. In past decades, we've seen people align out of similarities because of who's like you, because of who believes like you, who who maybe worships or has the same expression as you. And although that's powerful and that's not necessarily going away, I saw God doing a new thing. It's connecting with the alignment, the realignment that God is actually positioning and aligning ministries and organizations and churches in such a way where we wouldn't have called it. We would look at them and go, man, I wouldn't have called it, but it works. And it works because our differences are actually creating a stronger, united uh, allegiance and alliance within the church at large. And God says, I am prioritizing unity in the bride. There's been so much disunity, but God says, I'm actually bringing together things that do not look the same to come into a oneness because at the end of the day, they want a move of God and they actually need the differences. They actually need that iron sharpens iron in order to carry the move of God that they've been commissioned to carry in this new era. So when you were talking, I kept thinking unlikely alliances. And I think that's so what God's doing. And one more, I want to share two more things because there was just a total of three things that I felt like were important to release. The second thing is I believe God is really giving us the opportunity to simplify and streamline our lives right now. That includes ministry 
ministry. That includes your family time. That includes your personal life. You know, Sean and I have felt this on a personal level. And sometimes the Lord does a personal work with you. But often as a prophetic voice, I have found in my life, what God's doing with me personally is often an invitation for the church at large. I believe that uh, in a sense, as prophetic voices, we often model and live out what God is saying to the bride. And one of those is to simplify and streamline. It's like, in a sense, cut off the fat in your life right now, meaning be really intentional about what you're giving your time to, your attention to, your affection to, your finances to. Really be intentional about, is this what God has put in the assignment before you for this time? And I think that that's really key because I think a lot of us are doing things that are good, but they've actually expired in the last era. We've taken them forward because they've worked, because it's been good, because it's we've seen fruit from it. But God's actually saying that's actually not to be a part of this new era. So I really encourage you, Keep It 100 Tribe, to reevaluate what are you giving your attention to? What are you giving your time to? What are you, you know, who are you in alignment with? And is this what God is ordaining for you in this new era? You know, that's so impressive when I think about what you're saying about simplified and streamlined, because even in Jonah, in the storm, it says they threw the cargo that was in the ship in the sea to lighten load. And so I really feel like to underscore what you're saying, that God is saying, hey, some some of you have extra baggage and God's just saying, it's time to lighten the load. I love that. And talking about lighting the load, this is key. And this is my last thing I feel like the Lord wants me to share. The Lord has had me meditating on Hebrews 4, which is all talking about rest. And I want to read it out to you from the Passion Translation. And it reads, now the promise of entering into God's rest is still for us today. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. For we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did, yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, now catch this, keep it 100 tribe. Instead, what they heard did not affect them deeply for they doubted. For those of us who believe, come on, that's us. Faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. Now here's what God is saying. God is saying there is a realm that is open in this hour, in this era, to experience an activation of confident rest. It doesn't mean the storms aren't raging around you. There were storms raging around Jonah. He was in the midst of seas that were storming, and yet there was a rest that was available, but it was only available for those that believed. It was only available for those that were walking in alignment. It was only available for those that allowed the word, the instruction of the Lord to affect them deeply. For those that doubted, did not enter the rest. God is going after unbelief in the church in America right now. God is going after those false belief systems that have interrupted and even sabotaged a rest that's available. So I simply want to exhort you before we dive into this next portion of an interview with Emma Stark. And I want you to hear what God is saying over the nation of America. We've talked about the world. We've talked about things on a global scale, but I ended my interview with Emma Stark asking her a very key question. And the question was this, what do you believe, Emma, being a minister from Scotland, but having ministered in America, even in 2022, what is God saying over our nation? Let's hear what she says. Okay, Emma, one last question. Yes. What do you sense that the Lord is speaking over the U.S.? Uh-oh, uh-oh. 
<laughs> is it okay I'm asking that? Oh, don't stone me. Okay, all right. All right. I think that God loves you, but God is purifying you. Yes. Oh, I agree. And I think that is deeply uncomfortable. I think the error, the major, major, major error of the church in the States is that it married the political spirit. Yes. And yes. it thought that nations changed by who was in power and what laws were made. That is wrong. It's biblically offensive. Now, let me explain why. Jesus marries a bride. He does not marry your nation. Mm. Sam too, he will smash your nation to pieces. He will do whatever he needs to purify the bride. And sometimes the best way for you to get pure is he gives you the leader you don't want. He gives you the laws you don't like. He gives you the system that nauseates you. Why? Because you get comfortable in blessing and you get comfortable when politics backs you. And when you're comfortable, you don't grow. So true. So he says, I will make you uncomfortable and I will give you the things you don't want. Not because I don't like you, not because I'm judging you, but because I'm blessing you. And I'm blessing you to be a remnant who actually is activated and who stewards power. Can I tell you, Saudi Arabia has a whole load of righteous laws, you know, anti-abortion, anti-pornography, loads of things we would say are righteous. Does it save Saudi Arabia? No. Why? Because the law doesn't save anybody. Law never has saved anybody. That's not how Christianity works. So let's take abortion. This is very controversial, but biblical. Let's take abortion. Do you want abortion illegal? Yes. Do I want abortion illegal? Of course I do. If we win that and abortion is made illegal, does it make our nation more righteous. No, no. Why? Because how do you come to Christ? Through the law? Through a righteous law? No, through a heart change. So what happens is we campaign, yes, fine for abortion to be made legal, but we live and we campaign over heart transformation so that we all in the nation agree that abortion is not our best or our highest. And then the law becomes obsolete. And then God says, whoo, now you're righteous. Why are you righteous? Because your heart changed. Because righteousness is measured by heart transformation, not by law transformation. It's massive. So that means you're going to have to divorce the political spirit. You're going to have to think differently. You're going to have to think about changing hearts and minds, not about changing laws. You're going to have to think about what's best for the bride to wake up and rise up. And sometimes that only happens, my friend, in opposition. You know what I love about you, Emma? You know, the Lord uses the prophet to provoke, to, yes. to challenge the religious yes. structures, to challenge um, demonic mindsets. And what I love is you've come in here today with the word of God, but to challenge and provoke people to go beyond what has yeah. just been normalized, but actually isn't yeah. biblical and actually challenge them for that leap in the righteous dismantling and to really step into this invitation to be a part of the remnant yeah. of what God's yeah. doing in this hour. Yeah. So I love yeah. that anointing on your life to really provoke the remnant to arise, that there must be a counterculture within us for if we remain the same, yes. we will we will see not only no difference, we will actually be a part of the continuation of the dismantling of, the, of what God has actually intended. I, I, I think that God wants the church in America and around the world to be really powerful. Yes. I, oh, agreed. I think he wants the church to be
be powerful. I think he wants the powerful not in a domineering way or a right. controlling way, but powerful in a liberating way. I go right. to the church for a miracle. I go to a church where my marriage is broken. I go to the church, you know, when I have an addiction I can't break. I go to the church whenever I need a even financial power because I can't eat. You know, I go to the church when I'm a widow and an orphan. I go to the church for the power of education and training. I go to the church for the power of their storytelling. You know, I go to the church for the power of their media culture. I go to the church, you know, so we're looking for all of that stuff. And actually we are powerless because we gave that all away. And then we, then we say, oh, Hollywood, you tell me a good story. I don't like her stories. Oh, education system, you give me a good education. I don't like what, it's, what it is. No, 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 no. Oh, politics, you give me a good solution. No, 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 no. It's not their responsibility. It is our responsibility to be a powerful church and not say, oh, all of you other mountains, you back us. No, we become the solution to the world, not the state. We become the solution to the world, not the person I put in power in political party. We become the solution. We feed, house, clothe, prophesy, liberate, tell the stories. You know, we do that. We create the banks. We, the people of God, build the kingdom of God. So I think there's this whole sense of, come on, church, build the kingdom of God yeah. and don't rely on an outside agent to do it for you, whatever that happens to be. Ooh, come on, Emma. I love that. I, the, you, you've provoked us. You've provoked me. I love it. Just to shake us out of that safety, shake us, shake us into that place of holy dismantling and really stepping into really being that counterculture with the intention for the kingdom of God, that it's bigger than us to get out of the mindset of it's just about us and nothing could be further from the truth. It's all about Jesus and his kingdom and his plans and purposes. Now I know our listeners, the Keep It 100 tribe are want are going to want to connect with you even more. They're going to want to know, how do I hear more? How can people get connected with you? Okay. Two or three ways. So we've written a book. I've written a book called The Prophetic Warrior. And that's an introduction to all that I think about prophecy and how that needs to be stewarded in your life. So The Prophetic Warrior. I also have a new book called Lion Bites. And that's a, you can get those on Amazon or our, our website. Uh, that's a daily devotional. I will hold your hand for 365 days and I will school you in coming alive spiritually and thinking uh, counterculturally. But we're on propheticscots.com, prophetic people in Scotland, propheticscots.com. And Global Prophetic Alliance is the name of the ministry. But if you want to watch us broadcast, it's par R on my Facebook and YouTube. Par R, P O W E R, par R. <laughs> and uh, you have to spell that out. Yeah. Yes, P O W E R, par R. <laughs> Once a week for an R, uh, par R, we are bringing the word of the Lord. Emma, thanks for just coming and being part of the Keep It 100 tribe. We love you and just know that we're, we're standing with you and we're contending for that. The move of God we know is already in motion and the yeah. next reformation that is taking place. And we're just running alongside you and we're honored to do so. Brilliant. We love you too. Thank you so much. Wow, that was powerful. Right? It's sobering, but it is so encouraging of what God is saying. And I really want us to hear what God is saying over our nation. There are some clear strategy that God has laid before us, but friends, you can hear something and not apply it. I want us to not only be hearers of God's strategy, hearers of God, God's word. I want us to be doers of his word. That means there's going to be some things probably in our life 
in our time, in in maybe some realignment, there's going to be some rerouting in our courses, recalibration that has to take place in order for us to come into what God is saying and even declaring over us. As we close out today's episode, we have one takeaway and one takeaway only, and it's this, friends. We have shared with you what both Sean and I feel like the Lord is saying. We've shared a voice of a powerful prophet from Scotland, Emma Stark. She's incredible. But friends, I want to implore you to get with Jesus yourself and hear what God's saying to you. It's incredibly powerful and I think wise to hear what God is saying through other people, trusted voices that are spiritual leaders in your life. That's powerful. That's amazing. But you know what's also incredible and something that's often missed is you taking time to hear for yourself what's God saying to you over your life. What's God saying over your family? What's he saying over the God dreams in your life? What's God saying in 2022 for you? So the takeaway today is for you to get alone with Jesus and hear what he's saying through you. You know, I would add to that Hebrews 12, 27 lets us know that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. That is the season we're in. And really, when I say that, that's really what's next. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but it goes on to say, but that which is unshakable will remain. And so getting with the Lord and find out what he's saying to you, God wants to speak to you and give you and build within you the foundation, which is unshakable. And that can only take place in the secret space between you and the Lord. You got to have the unshakable in you. And as you have the unshakable in you, you don't have to worry about any shaking because all it does is signify and highlight the strength that you have with the Lord. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends. And be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe, you do not want to miss our next episode as we tackle a new surprise topic. You have to tune in to find out what it is. And remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram and seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it